the Big Sky Breakdown. I'm Coulter Nuanez. As always, you can find this podcast, SkylineSportsMT.com. Coming to you late on a Friday night. Sorry this has been so delayed. This has been a crazy week. For no other reason, I mean, the return of football, we're rusty in terms of the coverage plan and all that stuff. But more than anything, I was on the road, and then my flight got delayed, and then everything got pushed back, and I had a bunch of meetings in the evenings, uh, setting stuff up for both Skyline Sports as well as ESPN and my daily radio and TV show, Nuanez Now. No excuses. As former Montana State head coach Jeff Choate used to always say, everybody's got problems and no one cares about yours. <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at, but hopefully everybody here uh, is enjoying themselves and enjoying their week and uh, looking forward to the home openers here uh, at both Montana and Montana State this weekend. Both teams kicking off under the lights. The Grizzlies host Western Illinois, 6 p.m. Washington Grizzly Stadium. The Bobcats, the annual Gold Rush game, 6 p.m. Bobcats Stadium. They host Drake, and we'll get into all of that and more. Montana coming off a 13-7 win at the University of Washington. The number 20 ranked Washington Huskies go down at the hands of Montana. Just the fifth FCS team to topple a ranked FBS opponent. Montana State fought valiantly but fell 19-16 at Wyoming of the Mountain West. In this podcast, you'll hear from Bobby Houck, Montana head coach, Brent Vegan, Montana State head coach, Montana linebacker Patrick O'Connell, Montana State tight end Trenton Pickering, my good buddy, former colleague, and uh, maybe current contributor, Ryan Tutel. He swung by my daily radio show to contribute a little uh, feedback on Montana's win over Washington. We also heard from Andrew Houghton. He was out in Seattle of SkylineSportsMT.com covering it for us so he can get his reaction as well. Then we'll hear from Bobcat Safety Jeffrey Manning, Bobcat Linebacker Nolan Askelson. We'll get this thing wrapped up with the first edition of the Montana State Minute with Alex Eshelman. She is uh, a sports reporter there in Bozeman for our great TV partners, SWX Montana Television. So thanks to SWX for all their support for both ESPN Missoula as well as Skyline Sports. Without further ado, Big Sky Breakdown leading up to Montana's game against Western Illinois and Montana State's game against Drake. Each one of those contests played under the lights. The Big Sky Breakdown is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. For the first of all, last night I'm driving in my car and listening to the Freddie Coleman show, one of my favorite guys on the radio, and he's talking about Bobby Houck and the Montana Grizzlies. So this is just the first of many, or I guess the next of many. But, I mean, this must be cool. Yeah, Freddie and Ian are, are good guys, so that was fun being on with them. Uh, I think it's good for a university. You know, I think it's good for Montana. I think it's good for Missoula, and I think it's good for the university. So uh, national exposure is a great thing. I know that you have such a uh, so, so much pride in this university as a whole, not just the football program, but the athletic department and the university as a whole. So do you sort of see your role as, as sort of helping Montana make a comeback? Because, you know, it has been tough times in Montana in terms of enrollment and stuff like that. But this sort of thing, in my opinion, is so big for the school in general. So, I mean, do you agree and do you kind of see that role that this team has? Yeah, I think we can uh, give the university great exposure and, and great national recognition because our sport's visible across the country, and we want to do our part to to help. And we, you know, and that includes not just the University of Montana, but Montana itself. You spent several years at University of Washington. Was that the first time you'd coached there since you left there, though? Yeah, I hadn't been in the stadium since I left there, so. That was the first time. What did you think of the, just the new digs? Because, I mean, they, they've done a lot of work on that thing, and it's as beautiful as ever. Yeah, I'd, I'd driven by and seen pictures and been told about it, but it was it was nice. They did uh, they did a really nice job with that. The Nationals spin here is, you know, the FCS team toppling the rank FBS team, but uh, that was a good football team that you guys beat. In fact, a great football team, but did they stack up kind of how you expected? I mean, did they look uh, like you thought when you were putting together a scouting report? Yeah, you know, uh, first game, she get a lot of time 
on on the on the opponent, so you can do a little more in terms of personnel and some of those things. And uh, yeah, they were they were what we thought. Uh, certainly, they're they're, uh, they're I think they're a good football team. It's an interesting dynamic too, the fact that you guys had so long to prepare for them, and now turn around and you're in another game week and that's sort of the ebbs and flows of college football but what's that transition like when you go from having months to prepare for your opener to now a couple days to prepare for western illinois yeah we uh you know we believe in routine and we're into our our weekly routine this week and if you uh don't do it that way i think you can get caught and uh, get beat on any given saturday when you're watching the film back uh, the the fronts both fronts played really well for for montana and uh, but particularly the offensive line i thought was was a pleasant surprise so what did you think of those guys performance and and what did they do well well i i wasn't surprised um but uh you know we're just we're just fundamentally sound um we've got enough ability to to control the game to a degree on both sides so it was good you mentioned this was the biggest win of your coaching career app state uh, in 2009 was one i remember james madison in 2008 in the semis over in their barn uh, but i mean why was this one what, what made it special what made it stand out to you why did you think that this was the best win of your career uh just the fact is is it's the washington huskies you know and and they're uh they're a force and always have been in college football so that's a huge win and, and just you know, you can make a case for a lot of things, and that's what you guys do. you got to fill air time. For me, that was just kind of a spur-of-the-moment statement, but I think I was right. Absolutely, and, and a great win for you, yourself, your assistants, and then your team. Last question for you, Coach. What do you expect Saturday night under the lights, Washington Grizzly Stadium, Western Illinois coming to town? Well, they're they're a good football team. Um, they've got a lot of new faces and a lot of transfers. Uh, they're fast. Uh, their offense can light it up, and I think uh, – We'll have our hands full with them for sure. Football is back, and Nuanas now has everything you need to know about the weekend for the Grizzlies, the Bobcats, around the Big Sky Conference, and around the Treasure State in the prep ranks, too. Join Colter Nuanas and other contributing guests for the first hour of each Monday's Nuanas Now, beginning at 4 p.m. for compelling analysis, interesting information, interviews, and more. The Montana Football Hour, the first hour of each Monday's Nuanas Now, beginning at 4 p.m. on 1029 ESPN Missoula and statewide on SWX Montana Television. The Montana Football Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Down here, Brick Breeden Fieldhouse, Nuan is now 1029 ESPN as well as statewide television. SWX Montana TV had a little delay in the flight, so catching up with Brett Vegan after his weekly press conference here at Montana State. Uh, but, Coach, interesting because great performance uh, on Saturday, by the way. Uh, outstanding by your guys. I thought they fought really hard, they played really hard. But this is college football. Now, you guys have been waiting for this game for like two years, and now you just have a week to turn the page. So, how do you sort of balance it and give the guys encouragement for what you guys did in your 1916 loss to Wyoming? But also, now it's another game week, and uh, you got Drake on the horizon. Well, I, I think today, with, with not being school, it allowed us to, to really take a good look at it with the guys. Um, you know, gave them the day off yesterday and expected that uh, that that, that result to, to hurt. And I think it did. I, I think I think we went down there believing we could win a game, and we we played like we believed. Um, our effort was tremendous. I think our you know our lapses at times that um, we got in our own way really hurt us. You know, probably in all three phases. And, and I think that the biggest thing we have to do is. Not worry so much about who we play next, um, but how can we get better 
at those those details. How can we get better at, at making sure that uh, offensively, if we have, if we have a chance to open up a lead, we do so. We don't go four possessions in their uh, their end and come up empty. Defensively, if we get back in that scenario, we have. Um, a lead in the fourth quarter. How do we hang on? Um, special teams-wise, if we create a big play, um, how do we not penalize ourselves? You know, and, and I think our guys uh, took all that to heart. Are hungry to get back out there, hungry to get better, and that's what we aim to do tonight with the first practice. When you reviewed the film, what stood out to you? Because you can see, especially from the press box, guys that are flashing. To me, Chase Benson flashed, Daniel Hardy flashed. I mean, Troy Anderson, I know he was sort of feeling his way out, but especially towards the end, he really flashed Ty Okada. But was there anybody, or I guess uh, just generally, uh, anybody that stood out to you on film? Yeah, I'll start just generally. I, I thought in the lines of scrimmage, um, we didn't just hold our own. I, I thought we won. We won. Yeah. yeah, and I think, I know Coach Bowl thought they would have a decided advantage um, maybe both ways, and I, I thought we won that. And, and you know, you mentioned some names there. Um, certainly, Chase and Daniel. I thought Amandre made some plays. Um, you know, Troy made some spectacular plays, showing a physicality that he hasn't been asked maybe to show. Um, Ty tackled well in the open field. I think, you know, so negating their run game was was huge. And I think on the flip side, when we wanted to run the ball, we could, and that's uh, that's a credit to the entire O line. I you know. Um, I think Justice Perkins, for a guy that was a surprise starter, um, tagged as undersized, whatever, I think he showed like he, he belonged out there. I thought we, uh, we were positioned well on the perimeter at times. We had some breakdowns. I, I think that could have been uh, bigger and better. But I, I think you know, that was the biggest takeaway for me on a positive side is line of scrimmage wise um, we showed up ready to play and performed. That's give you a lot of confidence now coming into the rest of your schedule right I mean but how do you not let the guys rest on that and continue to get better because that's what it's going to take even if you aren't playing FBS's the rest of the way. Yeah I think the, I think the silver lining you got to take away is um, you win that game I think you tend to gloss over some of those those details sure. that didn't work our way uh, we lost that game so I think they're, they smack us in the face and if you know if we're not prepared to, to to accept reality that we didn't make enough plays to win it, um, then we're not either doing our job as coaches or players, just not real at the situation. So I think we are. I think we. Um, I think we're there to, to get better. I think we're driven to get better. I, I know we have to play more guys. Uh, playing as few guys as we played is not sustainable. So getting more guys in the mix, um, keeping us fresh, all that kind of stuff, building our depth will be the, the charge. And I, I think our guys are up to the challenge. And um, you know, it, well, that was a loss, and it'll go in the column as a loss, but we can't let that linger and create any more uh, negativity moving forward. Field position battle, to be sure. Uh, so that meant not a lot of plays were run. Do you expect more plays to be run, and then in turn, will that get more guys' turns, especially guys in the running back room? Because I know it's kind of Isaiah and every many other guys got involved, but it just seemed like it's just because you only ran 58 plays, right? Yeah, I know offensively I spoke of those four possessions where we, you know, just in, on the edge of field goal range, um, we sputtered. We had the turnover on one. Um, we went for it on one and didn't get it. We missed the field goal on one with the bad snap, and then we punted. You know, any any one of those drives creates more opportunities. Two of those drives creates that many more. So I, I think that that's the key to getting more guys on the field is sustaining drives. Um, you know, we're going to make some big plays, and you're going to you're going to be happy when you score quick I guess but to you know to ultimately you know to stay on the field and be much better on third down I think is the the, the real 
magic to getting more guys on the field. Do you want your sports news, commentary, and features from a corporate publication? Would you like to hear it from local experts who have lived in your community their entire lives? As Skyline Sports, Coulter and Brooks Nuanas bring more than two decades of experience to give you old school journalism with a new age presentation at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Nuanas brothers provide knowledge from a family who lives Big Sky Conference athletics every day. For $8 a month or 90 bucks a year, get access to comprehensive college grizz and bobcat coverage at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Uh, Matt McKay, he uh, seemed like he was pretty good in his first start. Uh, but what do you want to see in growth from him uh, both this week and this moving forward in general? Yeah, I think growth, just to, I'll say that in general, um, he needs to own up to the things that the areas he can get be, he can get better. I know um, calling plays for him for Coach Housewright in, in, a, in a first game and, and seeing how he responds, I think Taylor has to be able to react to, uh, to that as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, I think now we know to some degree how Matt will respond in a game game situation, um, what he do, you know can do what really well in particular, and what, what you know might be some struggles, and try to fashion that the best we can. I, I think he's got the ability to be a real effective player, and I think he's got the the ability to play much better than he did on Saturday. While he did some good things, there was you know there was some decision making um, uh, challenges. I would say there was a few throws as the game went along where I think he's got to just put our guys on the on the end of those throws in a little better position to make plays. But uh, you know we can win football games with Matt. I think he realizes that, but I think he he understands he's got to play a little better too. Your coordinators, Freddie Banks, Taylor House, right? What did you think of their first time calling plays? Well, I thought we were really prepared well. I, and I think, uh, you know, defensively, um, we more than, than kept them off balance. Um, very disruptive up front. I think uh, limited big plays by and large. I know ultimately Freddie would love to have, you know, that fourth quarterback. That's not our expectation to give up 16 points. But it's, uh, I, don't, I don't think it was the nature of our plan or how we called things. Um, prepared well though I think offensively you know uh, I think we kept them off balance uh, we were balanced and that's that's the key probably to to, to staying ahead uh, offense versus defense um, you know and, and designing a game plan for the first time and volume and all those things I think are something that we'll definitely look at from an offensive perspective but uh, appreciated the, the work of both sides of football and getting our guys ready and um, I felt like we were really prepared and we you know, coached him up well within the game. Last thing for you then, turn the page to Gold Rush. This is something that people around Montana look forward to all year long. So what do you anticipate and how do you, you know, let the hype be an advantage for your team, but not maybe not get in the way of, you know, the emotions of the night because it is going to be uh, pretty electric on Saturday night at Bobcat Stadium. Yeah, you know, I've, I've certainly seen pictures. Um, it's, it's certainly a sight to see, but to, to feel it and to hear it I think will be great. I, I think it helps us having played in a full stadium already, yeah, right. albeit one that was against us, but I think that buzz, this won't be a first-time deal. It'll, I think it'll help us with the buzz is for us. Um, you know, so we look forward to a great crowd. I think a crowd that's very engaged in the game um, is getting after uh, their offense when they're on the field and helping out our defense and, and, and staying quiet and, and then cheering for our offense as we make plays. So it, it's going to be a, um, an awesome experience for our coaching staff, um, especially us that are experiencing it for the first time. And, and then quite frankly, we have a lot of guys that – haven't been on, in that stage um, uh, in Bobcat Stadium ever. So uh, I'm really anxious for that. Um, so excited to see all, all the people down in the gold and, and uh, 
cheering their hearts out. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. We're going to welcome in a guy that I love watching play football, a guy that I recognized when he first got to the University of Montana. I, I recognized him in practice right away, and I remember asking for an interview because I knew he was going to be a guy that could make an impact. And now here he is as a second year as a starter, and he is truly making an impact. This is our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors, and our Grizz Star of the Week is Patrick O'Connell. He's a junior linebacker out of Kalispell Glacier High School and a guy that was one of the leading uh, members of the Grizzly defense that stuffed the Washington Huskies on Saturday. Pat, I know you just got done with practice. Thanks so much for taking a minute for us here at ESPN Radio. How you doing, my man? I'm good. How are you doing today? Very, very good. We got Riley Corker, voice of the Grizz, here with me, Coulter Nuanas as well. And Pat, let's just t- start with the broadest and biggest question of the day. You guys walked into Husky Stadium and you smacked the Washington Huskies. You dominated the game physically. You guys overwhelmed their offense with your pass rush and your run defense. And you guys walked out with a 13-7 victory, one of the biggest wins by Montana or an FCS school over a ranked FBS opponent. What's it been like for you the last couple of days as you sort of compartmentalize and absorb this win? Yeah, um, it's been a crazy experience, especially with uh, all the uh, people that are supporting us and myself, um, all the text messages, everything on social media and everything. It was a surreal moment. Um Everyone had a great time. The experience was a once-in-a-lifetime, and now we're on to the next game, so we got to get ready for that one. And Pat, 10 tackles, three TFLs, two sacks. I mean, I, I want to just go back to the speed of your guys' defense, and you guys were flying around. You were getting the edge, and you read that play fake so well on the sack of Dylan Morris. Just just maybe speak a little bit of how you were feeling on the field with your guys' speed. We, we heard all week about Washington's size on the offensive line and their talent. How much did that motivate you guys, and how much did you feel that your guys' speed was the true X factor? Yeah, we knew that uh, that the Huskies were going to come out and be fast and physical, and we were practicing for that all week. Um, but we know what we had as well. So our speed and our physicality, we feel like that uh, we could outmatch it. And uh, we we went out on the field and we did that. Uh, you see the first drive there, um, they kind of put it on us. We had some guys doing a little too much, including myself. Um we let the speed get to us a little bit that first drive, but then we buckled down, and uh, you saw the rest of the game, and the rest is history now. Grizz Star of the Week with Grizz linebacker Patrick O'Connell here on Nuanas now on ESPN Radio. And, Pat, talking to you guys, listening to everybody from around the team, the coaching staff, I think the people that were least surprised by this victory 
or those that are on the Montana Grizzlies. How have you guys got about cultivating that level of belief uh, within your team? You know, it comes from uh, the coaches. They instill that in us, um, telling us that everything we do has a purpose to it, and everyone truly buys into that um, and believes that what Coach Houck and his staff are are doing for us um, has a purpose. Everything to it has a purpose. So the guys on this team are great. Um, We have a a great culture, culture of dominance, and everyone's buying into that. Um, So it's you can't beat you can't beat that when everyone's bought into it. And, Pat, your story is phenomenal. You came, obviously, you were a star at Glacier, and then you went to Mary. And I want to talk about the, the time from Mary to Montana. What were your expectations coming in to the Grizzly football program? And to obviously be the star that you are now has taken a lot of hard work and determination, but just that process of going back from the D2 school at Mary to, to giving it a shot here at Montana and then being a star, what has it been like to have it all come full circle for you? I mean, it's been an amazing experience for me. There's a lot that's gone into it, especially the decision-making process. Um, I gave up one of my favorite things to do, which was baseball. Um, And now, obviously, I'm here doing what I'm doing. So the biggest process was decision-making and, you know, just believing in myself and talking to my family. And they believed in me as well. And I knew what I could do, and I just needed some time to prove what I can do and now this is where we're at so we got to keep it rolling Patrick O'Connell joining us here on Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula it's our Grizz Star of the Week presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors Grizz opened their home slate on Saturday against Western Illinois Bob Ward's got the official game t-shirts for you so head on down to Bob Ward's they also have a merchandise booth inside Washington Grizzly Stadium near the north end zone they got sweatshirts hoodies jackets t-shirts pullovers and more all your Grizz gear, go find it at Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors here in Missoula. Pat, I want to ask you about your uh, your sack celebration. I'm a big Vikings fan. I love me some Jared Allen. This looks kind of like Jared Allen to me. Yeah, I just kind of did it one game. I mean, I was watching some highlights before a game, and obviously I saw Jared Allen. My, my family, some of my family members are Vikings uh, fans, and I've seen him do it before, and I honestly don't know why I started doing it, but I did. So I think I'm going to switch it up a little bit every once in a while, though. Hey, hey, if you if you get enough sacks where you can have multiple sack celebrations, let it roll, my man. That's that's a good thing. But I, I got to tell you, it makes me real happy to see Patrick O'Connell uh, do a little calf roping in the middle of a, a football game. Uh, let's talk about moving forward now because you guys do have your home opener here against Western Illinois. And uh, as we know in college mm-hmm. football, win or lose – it's on to the next one, no matter what. So how do you hope you guys, uh, you with the Grizzlies, refocus as you guys have uh, a night game Saturday evening on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it after the, the win on Saturday that we can enjoy it on the plane ride, we can enjoy it on Sunday, but then once we get to the facility on Monday, then it's time to focus on Western Illinois. And I think we have a team that is really focused on that really bought into hitting the weight room early in the week, um, getting our film study in, getting all the practices we need. Um, and uh, we're super excited to get uh, into Washington Grizzly this weekend, have all the fans there, and it's going to be a great environment, and it's going to be a great game. But we got a, we got a tall task ahead of us and got to prepare for Western Illinois like it's any other team because this is Division One college football, and every Saturday is – 
is a uh, it's a tough win. So got to prepare the same way. And Western Illinois comes in here off a pretty good performance against Ball State. Pat, final one for me is just about how many times maybe in the last year and a half that you and the rest of your teammates have thought about and talked about what it was going to be like to run out of the tunnel uh, to a packed house at Washington Grizzly Stadium to feel the emotion of a night game. I mean, this this game has been on the calendar for quite a while, knowing that this was going to be the first time that you go back in front of Grizz Nation, and then you add the fact of all of the hype after this Washington game as well. How excited are you? How much have you guys talked about in the locker room of just feeling that energy inside Washington Grizzly Stadium Saturday? Oh, I mean, everyone is fired up. Uh, there's no there's no other feeling like running out of that tunnel, seeing 27,000 fans on their feet yelling um, for the Montana Grizzlies. There's no better feeling than that. Uh, guys are excited. Uh, guys are enthused to go out there and play in front of the fans, the, the diehard Montana fans that come every Saturday for the Grizzlies. Um, <clears throat> like I said, it's a dream come true to run out of the tunnel. Um, but that puts more expectation on us, and we have to prepare as such and get in the film room, hit the practice, hit the weight room, and we'll be ready for this uh, this Saturday, and we'll perform for our fans out there. So everyone is super excited for it. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications connect to more. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Radio as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Here with Trayton Pickering, one of two Traytons to catch touchdowns in Montana State's 1916 loss at Wyoming. It was almost the game winner, then Trayton Welsh from Wyoming got the game winner with 47 seconds to go. So that was sort of a weird anomaly, the fact that two guys named Trayton catching touchdowns in the last two minutes of the game. But uh, Trayton, obviously disappointing for you guys to go to Laramie and lose, but you got involved in the action. The tight ends got involved in the action, so you got to have some optimism at least there. You guys got to be excited to be a bigger part of the offense this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, having a new OC in-house, right, I mean, uh, offense has changed a little bit, and it's been nice being able to be more involved in the passing game and help out in that way. And uh, uh, all the tight ends are obviously excited, and uh, everybody's just thrilled that, I mean, we're going to be more part of the offense and be more dynamic in that sense. 
this is one of my favorite parts about covering college football in Montana. Is just the the meshing of different backgrounds, guys from all over the country. I mean, Raleigh, North Carolina, couldn't be farther away from where you're from in Sunburst, Montana. I asked Matt McKay after the game because I was trying to you know cheer him up a little bit because he was a little disappointed. I said, "Do you have any idea where Sunburst, Montana?" He said, "Hell no, I have no idea where Sunburst, Montana is." But that is it's kind of cool, right? I mean, you're catching touchdown passes from a guy from a person you know two million person city, and you're from you know six man football. Yeah, exactly. I mean. It's nice. I mean, that's kind of my favorite part about football is, I mean, you get to mesh with all these guys from California, Alaska, over on the East Coast, North Carolina. I mean, you get to learn a lot of new backgrounds, especially coming from such a small town. I mean, it's pretty uh, single culture there. I mean, not a lot of diversity up there. And um, it's just cool to be able to hear other people's stories and how they grew up, how they are compared to mine. Um, And it's just really cool being able to uh, learn different guys' backgrounds and get to know them a lot better. What do you take from this Wyoming game? Because uh, a lot of times these FBS games, when you are in it, it's because they're making mistakes, or the, you got you know the, the FCS team scored a bunch of points. You guys went toe to toe physically. I mean, this was a slugfest. You guys looked every bit as physical as Wyoming. So, what do you guys take from this game moving forward here? I mean, our defense they battled for the for the entirety of the game. I mean, they kept us in it while the offense. I mean, we slowly had to get going a little bit. I know uh, I'd be surprised. I wasn't surprised that Matt didn't throw the ball thirty yards over. Uh, Lance's head the first play because I mean I was pretty nervous being my first time <laughs> right. out there um, but I mean it was a first learning for a lot of people I mean it was a lot of people's first um, new head coach new OC DC I mean it was just really cool to get out there and learn kind of what everybody's capable of and uh, just excited for this next week for sure. Trade Pickering joining us here on Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide TV, SWX Montana TV. There were so many questions about the coaching change, and I think that uh, Jeff Choate, former Montana State head coach, he brought so much passion and fire, and uh, people were wondering, you know, the Bobcats still going to play like they've been playing the last couple of years, but you guys sort of put that notion to rest right away. So what do you think of just the new coaching staff, but also it seems like you guys are the ones that set the tone in terms of how hard you guys play. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, we have a bunch of players from under Coach Choate. I mean, everybody, the recruiting, I mean, you rec- we recruit people who are, going to be competitive and passionate for the game and they're going to put everything out there on the line every snap every play so I mean I think that's no question with our culture I mean uh, our leaders install it in us all the time and they hold us to that expectation and if it's not held I mean people will be told what to do and I mean that's kind of what our identity wants to be like and I feel like on Saturday we wanted to be physical and that's what we try to do we just ended up coming a little short. This is only the first time I ever, I guess the second time I ever talked to you in person, but I actually, I remember the first time I ever saw you because I went on Montana State's East Side Swing Tour when Leon Costello was first the athletic director. I think Choate been the coach for like a year. And they're like, yeah, just come to all the Montana towns. You can write a story on it. And I remember uh, we went to, the last stop was in Shelby and we went to Ringside Ribs. I remember you came down to say what's up because you were kind of getting recruited. Just take us through that moment to now because it takes a lot for a guy to walk on from a, I mean, how many people live in Summers? 200, 300? 300 people, right. It takes a lot for guys from the high Line to, to make it at Division One football, so uh, but you obviously believed in yourself. So I mean, when you first met Choate that day, all the way till now, I mean, just take us through the story of the journey. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just coming from such a small town, I mean, it was an honor to be able to talk to Coach Choate and get my foot in that door and come to camps, obviously, and uh, just knowing that, I mean, coming from a small town, if you put the work in and you're able to do whatever, I mean, uh, it's all about your skills and whatever you put your mind to, honestly, and. Uh, just through these last few years, just developing, knowing when you first come in that you're not going to be uh, affecting games. You got to gain weight and learn the offense and slowly evolve and learn certain things. And um, I think going through Coach Cho, uh, 
I learned a bunch, gained a lot of weight. That's kind of what the big emphasis is, especially coming from such a small school. And um, I think just learning all the plays and getting coached from good coaches uh, throughout the years and learning proper technique. And I think that's kind of what's got me to where I am today, honestly. And you got hurt early on, right? Was it before you even got here? Was it was it the Shrine game? Is that where you got hurt? Uh, I got hurt uh, in the first game of my high school uh, senior year. Oh, right, okay. Uh, sat out a few games and then uh, wore a knee brace. Uh, didn't know really what was going on, just knew I had a little knee pain. Um, got here, first day of practice, uh, asked our, Rob, our trainer, if uh, I just have a knee sleeve just because, I mean, for basketball I wore it a few times. and. Uh, he went. He put my knee through the test and was like, "Yeah, we need to check this out." And uh, so, yeah, my freshman year, about week into it, I had to get my ACL surgery. Uh, so the first year was just a complete battle of just getting my knee back to where it should be. And then it was kind of a step behind everybody. It felt like so I had to try and catch up and get my body to where it needed to be. That's amazing. So that must have been frustrating though, because you'd kind of already proven that you could play through it, right? The surgery was actually the thing that ended it, not actually the injury. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. I know Coach Cho was saying. I mean, you want to try and minimize how many times you have surgery, but right. we kind of talked through it, and I mean, we kind of knew I was going to redshirt, sure. and so it was a good year to try and get healthy and not risk doing any further damage and. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what it ended up doing. Well, when you did finally get healthy then, uh, that's probably pretty motivating to try to get back and to get to full strength and all that. So, I mean, your training, what have you done to put on the weight? Um, honestly, I think uh, me and my roommate, we this last December, I didn't go anywhere. I stayed in Bozeman. Who do you live with? Uh, Jory and Lane. Okay. So uh, Two hard-working Montana guys. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we all stayed in Bozeman, and we just trained all uh, winter. It was kind of nice. There was nobody in Bozeman, so we just kind of had the weight room to ourselves and uh, just ate every day, lifted every day. And uh, I feel like that's kind of when I mostly put up the weight on, and that's kind of when I felt better about my body and strength for sure you guys media crew was doing a fun little thing where they had a little camera at the base of the locker room after, every day after fall camp and it's just a question you guys answered it i think that the two biggest answers for uh, who do you want to get stuck in the wilderness with who's going to save you if you're just in the middle of nowhere we're jory show and lane sumner so you got to feel pretty good that uh, you guys are going to survive a long winter here in montana right oh yeah definitely i know <laughs> i know they were pretty excited about it i don't know if lane got all the votes that he wanted but i mean if i were to say i, I didn't take the survey but if i were to pick it could probably be Lane. But, yeah. Um, Why is that? I don't know. He's very meticulous and he's a smart dude. And uh, I mean, obviously they both know their way around, but uh, yeah, living with Lane and knowing how particular he is, I feel pretty comfortable with that. Decision. Texting with a couple of guys that played for the Cats a few years back, and, and they were saying, well, the ultimate of all time is Mac Bignell, because Mac Bignell, he probably just lives in the woods right now. He might, because I was asking him, how do you get a hold of Mac? And they're like, I don't know, dude. I don't know if he can. I don't know if he even has a way to get a hold of him. But uh, but you must like that, because that's sort of been what this culture has been here at Montana State, is kind of the Montana guys like to get outside. I know you guys have a lot of out-of-state guys. You can sort of, sort of show them the ropes. But has that made it easier for you, because it is sort of a similar background to what you grew up like oh yeah definitely I mean we all kind of have similar personalities we like to go out and be a little adventurous and I mean they even get me out of my comfort zone more often than not because uh, they like to go hiking in crazy places and getting away from people and I mean that's kind of how we all like to be is just kind of out in the wilderness off by our own and just a nice calm setting for last couple things for you turn the page to Drake. I mean, how do you sort of flush last weekend and get ready for another game? And are you excited for the Gold Rush? Yeah, I mean, it'll be my first time playing in Gold Rush. I mean, our coaches got us, they all get us set up. I mean, watching film, uh, they did an incredible job against Wyoming. I mean, they got us 
mentally all prepared, and um, I feel the same way that they're going to do for this Drake game. And uh, just going in and watching film and understanding the opponent uh, is going to be a huge key for that. And uh, I definitely hope I'm not going to be as nervous as I was the first sure. time against Wyoming. So, yeah. The, just the one week of game prep, though, where's the pluses and minuses of that? Because you guys basically prepared for Wyoming for like two years, you know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I know we had a lot more time to obviously prepare for Wyoming, and uh, uh, I guess at the end of the day, we all kind of this last week focused in more on Wyoming and kind of what our schedule will be, especially with our first time going through it and how things are going to be done. Um, I think going in, watching film, and attacking it the same way we did last week will be uh, – Trade Pickering, Montana State take on Drake. Saturday night, Bobcat Stadium. It's a gold rush game. Should be a hell of a time. Trade, thanks so much for taking some time today, man. Thank you, guys. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Speaking of Ryan, Ryan Tutel in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's Nuanas now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Uh, you have a lot of ties to that neck of the woods out in Seattle, Tacoma area. Mm. I know you followed University of Washington sports quite a bit throughout your life. And... Uh, Obviously, the Grizz back in the fold, so that was must-watch TV anyways. But just your impressions on Montana's uh, pretty remarkable 13-7 to victory over the number 20-ranked team in the FBS. Well, I mean, on one hand, I could sit here and just do, you know, two hours on it. On another hand, everything's just so obvious. Sure. I mean, it, it, it was, it was uh, unbelievable in the hyperbolic sense how well they played, how hard they played. I thought the thing that was very surprising is that they were the better team. When you see FCS teams play Power 5 schools, to say nothing of nationally ranked Power 5 schools, there is always a talent gap. There is always a size and athleticism deficiency. There was not in this game. I mean, there there's some spots, but by and large, it looked equal. And in that respect, and where it was not equal was in just the effort and execution. And one thing that... I, has perhaps been talked about, but I haven't heard about it. But I, I have got to take my hat off to Coach Houck and the entire staff because they coached the pants off the Huskies and their staff. 100%. Period. So is that surprising, though? It's not surprising because this is the number sometimes one. It, it's surprising that it mattered as much as it did, though. This is the number one question I've had about Washington since the day that Chris Peterson abruptly retired out of nowhere because mm-hmm. Chris Peterson is is – not only one of the great college football coaches of the modern era, but he is also among, if not the most perfect fit for the University of Washington. I mean, everything that Chris Peterson is about. That's right. From his it's personality it. to the way he's this regal, handsome guy. I mean, he fits on Montlake perfectly. And the so region. Why, why would he walk away? He's not even 60 yet. Yeah. So what, what what's going on? And then the fact that Pete Kwiatkowski, one of the highest paid defensive coordinators, also left and to go to Texas uh, with, with one Jeff Choate from Montana State to join Steve Sarkeesian's staff. I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of question marks about the, well, that, the leadership that makes from all the Washington sense of the Huskers. world to me. The Chris Peterson thing obviously was very abrupt, very surprising. And if you believe what he said about it, it, it resonates with me. Okay, I can, I'll just say that in terms of Chris Peterson. But um, you know, obviously Jimmy Lake, you know, a, a, a new 
position for him. And I don't think this necessarily, I mean, it ultimately always will fall on the head coach, but, but I think you're trying to organize everything with your whole staff and everything like that. And they, they weren't there. They weren't ready to go in that way. And Bobby Haug and his staff who have been, basically the same group since Bobby Houck took back over. I mean, it's unbelievable the stability in the staff that, that they have had at the University of Montana. So, you know, it was it's the greatest is the greatest single win in terms of an opponent in the history of the program. So what more can you say than that? And Bobby Houck even said, right, this is the greatest win of my coaching career. So uh, there's nothing more that you can say than that. I think the best thing I can say, though, about Montana is, is this. They control their own destiny. And I don't mean that in the sort of dumb and obvious sense that everybody at this point basically controls their own destiny. If you win, you keep going. What I, what I mean by that is this. When they play and if they play at their best, they determine the outcome of every game that they play in. The only way that Montana is going to lose a game is if they don't do the things they're supposed to do. There's a lot of teams out there who can play a really good game, basically do all the things they're asked to do and lose. Montana is one of the very, very, very few teams that isn't that. If they do everything that they're supposed to do and play all the ways they're supposed to do, uh, is supposed to play, they're going to win. And they so they control their destiny in every game that they play, and that is remarkable. I mean, that's a very strong statement that I just made. Uh, but when you – you we go back several years now, Colter, you and I, to when – Patrick O'Connell first stepped onto the field as a freshman. Or you know, when 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 we saw Marcus Wellno for the first time, we saw this, Lewis. Uh, this whole front of guys yeah. who were Alex Gubner was outstanding. Freshmen. Freshman, yeah. And you're going, what in the world? And they played right away because it was a complete overhaul yep. from Bob Stitt to Bobby Houck just immediately. And they didn't look like they weren't ready at that time. And now they look all world and they still got Two, three years of eligibility in a lot of these cases. But that front seven, put them up against anybody at this level in the country, period, right now. And uh, across the board. The one thing that's obvious is that this this team has been like a spring being wound up for almost two years. For sure. And they exploded on the Washington Huskies. I mean, they were so ready to go, it's beyond belief. And we've talked about this at various times a lot over the years, but no one goes out to play a sport, Division I college sports, and goes, you know what, today it's 90%. Today it's 80%. Every guy that goes out there to play, every gal that goes out there to play, it's 100%. Sure. But that doesn't mean that you're able to reach the same level of energy every week that you play in the case of football or every game, whether it's bat, whatever it might be. And so... And where's your toughness level to push through? To, to be able that's to... That's what I saw. That's right. As a team that can reach the brink of... of of maximizing yourself and still continue to, to go as That's hard right. as you can. That's right. So it's easy when you haven't played in almost two years to walk into sure. Washington Husky, you know, Husky Stadium in Washington and go, let's go. Frankly, I think it's going to be pretty easy this Saturday to walk out the tunnel under the lights for the first time at Washington Grizzly Stadium in almost two years and be pretty wound up and ready to go. But the question is when Dixie State comes to town. You know, is it going to now? No, I'm not sitting here going, "Hey, upset alert, Dixie State." But I am saying, 
you have to judge yourself by yourself if you're the Washington, you know, the Montana Grizzlies now. You have to, that is the, the barometer is in the mirror. And you've already put on tape what you are. And I think that's a big stick for Bobby Houck and that staff to hold because they could go, no, 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 no. Back in early September, we already did this. So why is it not happening now if there was to be a lack of energy, you know? And I don't think there's probably anybody better than Bobby Houck to regain a team's attention and focus on that sort of thing. But if they if they do that stuff, they're in the driver's seat. If you're asking me for one question mark, sorry, I'm excited. You know, I haven't been on it's the okay. radio in a while. It's quarterback, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I give... Cam Humphrey, a ton of credit. He was gritty, and he was tough. Mm-hmm. He scored the only touchdown the team scored in the game, yep. and he made some plays. He did. He also missed some plays. He did. And I didn't think that he looked scared. I didn't think that he played scared. I think he just missed some stuff. Like, For he, sure. he had an overthrow. Well, it happens. He, had he also had his security blanket was the number one guy on the scouting report because the most proven offensive weapon returning for Montana is Sammy Akim. That's right. And Washington has two... NFL corners, and 100%. they put they put the best one on Sammy Kim. That's going to help Cam Humphrey just exceptionally just because when you're in trouble, it's third and nine. Okay, it's no a single side number 18, throw him the ball. And and so, you, you, I mean, you put all that stuff in there. But also, I mean, there's a lot of – Cam Humphrey's been at the University of Montana for like four years, and he for hasn't sure. played – like he hasn't been the guy, right? He's been waiting, sure. and then we've had COVID and all, the, all of it. So – to finally get your opportunity in a setting like that, and especially down the stretch, man, it's easy to start getting those alligator arms in the proverbial sense when all of a sudden, whoa, we're up by three, and it's the fourth quarter at the University of Washington, and now, okay, I just don't want to make a mistake or whatever. I thought he actually improved as the game went on, and for that I give him a lot of credit. That said, um, he's got a long way to go to become, you know, to to – to show what he is as a quarterback, that he is, you know, a, a, a say an all conference level or whatever you want to say uh, type of quarterback. I don't know that he needs to be, but obviously that's what the University of Montana wants him to be. It's what he would want for himself, certainly. Uh, and so that's the that's the one sort of spot that I want to see. Like, how's it going to go? The thing is, they just seem so strong everywhere else that mm, how much is that going to matter or not? It, this point, I don't know. I mean, at some point, you're going to need your quarterback to be the dude who makes plays, and I think Cam Humphrey can. But do you though? Yeah, maybe not. That's that is well. At some point, yes. If you want to talk about the like going postseason and making a run in the postseason, yes, you will need that. I, I'm just Bobby Houck doesn't agree with that, and that it could be his fatal flaw or. It could be the most brilliant thing ever because if you rely, if you have to have that happen, then that guy doesn't make plays. I mean, let's think about this. Last time the Grizz played a season, 2019. Relying on the quarterback to make plays was why the Grizz didn't make a deeper run because Dalton Steve being hurt made their offense less diverse, and then Dalton Steve throwing five picks against Weber State was their demise in the playoffs. Understood, but there is a difference between relying on your quarterback to be the guy and needing your quarterback to come through in moments. You know, and that's what I think they have, especially, I mean, they're down at least two running backs, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, just got a, a, a ding in that game. Hopefully, you know, everybody cares, comes back and all that. But um, y- y- you need your quarterback to make some plays. He doesn't have to be the guy. And and we've talked to Coach Houck about that explicitly. And you're right. He, he's like, no, like, 
He doesn't have to be the leader, the captain, the best player, anything like that. You need, But you do need uh, a stable force who's not going to make a ton of mistakes. I thought Cam Humphrey didn't make a ton of mistakes. He didn't make the big mistakes, which was huge. But... He, 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 he is going to need to be better. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Well, sometimes the best decisions in life are the most spontaneous ones. And we made a spontaneous one last week. And, man, I'm glad we did. Time now for our ESPN Roundtable, presented proudly by Paradise Falls of Missoula. And a longstanding segment we've been doing for a while now, several years here on Nuanas Now. But this guy's debut on the ESPN Roundtable, he's Andrew Houghton from both ESPN Missoula as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. And uh, for those that don't know, Andrew and I have been working together for several years now. He uh, was in the fold with us at Skyline for the 2018-2019 seasons. Bobby Houck's first two uh, back at the helm for Montana. And uh, then he spent some time in Pocatello, Idaho, and then he's been back here with us at Missoula Broadcasting Company as well as Skyline Sports for a couple months now. And we were sort of waffling on what we were going to do for our travel plans. I knew I was going to Laramie. I got a cheap flight out of Bozeman. I got a good friend in Denver, and I thought it was a good storyline. Brent Vegan returning to the place he spent seven years uh, coaching with the Wyoming Cowboys and then his first game as Montana State's head coach. And then we were sort of waffling back and forth on if we were going to send a team or a reporter or whatever uh, to Seattle to watch the Washington Huskies host the Montana Grizzlies. And uh, last minute, we decided – Let's go. We're going to send Andrew over there. So I uh, figured it out, and uh, it was so interesting because, like, 10 days out from the game, I was sitting there thinking, man, you know, Montana maybe hang around and, you know, respectable 42-14 loss or something like that. Maybe they closed the gap a little bit from their 63-7 to loss back in 2017. Well, they closed the gap more than a little bit. They closed the gap a lot. 13-7, to Montana goes into Husky Stadium, knocks out the number 20 team in the country uh, at the FBS level. And so, uh, Andrew, I know it's your first time in Husky Stadium. Just take us through your journey on your way out to Seattle because uh, pretty darn cool for you to be uh, front and center to watch one of the biggest wins in Grizz history. Well, I never really got the chance to take it all in because I got there about 15 minutes before kickoff. So, like you said, we were waffling on our travel plans. Figured out like the day before that I was going to be driving down there. Didn't want to take off Friday afternoon, so I left Saturday morning. Got to Husky Stadium, you know, got to got to Seattle, checked into the Airbnb and everything. Had about an hour to get over to the stadium, and it, the traffic was just madness. Parked, sprinted into the stadium, got up to the press box. Didn't have time to take it all in except for just the, the excitement of everybody there. And then you watched what was maybe the most anomalous and uh, unique FCS over a ranked FBS win ever. There's only been five of them, but most of the time, it's Armani Edwards, one of the great players in Division One AA slash FCS history, leading App State over Michigan, uh, which included, uh, I believe, a special teams touchdown for App State as well as a pair of blocked field goals. 
uh, or is Eastern Washington going to Corvallis and knocking off Oregon State behind a million yards passing by Vernon Adams and several touchdowns by Cooper Cup and 49 points for the Eagles usually takes a fair amount of fluky and or lucky plays or uh, a couple special teams plays to go your way or just ringing up the scoreboard, just scoring a ton of points. None of that was the case in Seattle. Instead, Montana dismantled the Huskies physically. I thought it was astounding to watch Montana manhandle a team that's supposed to have multiple NFL draft picks on its offensive line. But the Grizz brought pressure early and often. I was going through some highlights today, and I actually talked to some people last night as well. 11 different fronts they played before the third quarter even started. So they had Dylan Morris, the Husky quarterback, all the way crossed up. Uh, But just your impressions of the Montana defense, because we thought they were going to be good, but I don't know if we thought that they were going to be like this. They were flying around everywhere. Yes, anomalous because it wasn't surprising. I mean, we were talking about this, like how many more possessions could you you have given Washington at the end of the game there? They weren't going to score. The defense, I think, really what was shocking about it was that they didn't look that good on the game's first drive. Where yeah, Washington, Washington had a script and they diced them. Right, because that's what you do. I mean, you have your your play sheet for the first drive, whatever, something that you know the quarterback's going to feel comfortable with. But it wasn't just that they were dicing them. I mean, they were pushing them off the ball. They never looked like they were going to turn. I mean, Montana put them in a couple third downs on that first drive. Doesn't matter. Whatever. It just looked like it was so easy. And then after that, completely changed. And what Montana did first was stifle the run game. And then that put Dylan Morris in such a tough situation because he had to throw it, and he was able to throw it really successfully in the first half. I mean, the run game completely went away for Washington after that first drive, but Morris was still able to convert a lot of those third downs because he was getting his receivers open, and then as time went away, they started taking that away too, and there was just nothing Washington could do. ESPN Roundtable here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana. Andrew Houghton joining us here in studio for the ESPN Roundtable this week, recapping Montana's epic win over the Washington Huskies on Saturday. Uh, Only the fifth win by a FCS squad over a ranked FBS team in 353 matchups of the sort. So historic and impressive for Montana to go in there and perform like that. Uh, But I was so curious to see what, The Grizz defense looked like with the upgrades in personnel because they added a variety of transfers, um, particularly in the defensive secondary. Uh, But I was also interested to see when Montana can play just straight, hardcore cover two on the outside. What's the middle of the defense look like? And this was exactly, I think, what they have always dreamed this defense would look like. It's been a smoke and mirrors defense where they get, I mean, as Bobby Houck said in the preseason, the fact that Alex Gubner led the team, he's the nose tackle, led the team in picks, and the fact that uh, Robbie Houck, I believe, was second or third on the team, he's a strong safety in sacks, sort of shows you the smoke and mirrors. But uh, now it doesn't look like a gimmick. It looks like um, just a swarming, uh, just unbelievable unit. So um, this is sort of the, the, the dream of what Montana wanted this defense to look like, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, when you hold Washington to seven points, regardless <laughs> right. of what the defense looks like, right. But no, the thing is that they do have the cornerbacks on the outside now. They were able to get pushed with the defensive linemen, and they were able to bring pressure from everywhere because you have all the linebackers. You have Robbie Houck who can bring pressure. I think part of this was on Washington's game plan, too. 
which was very vanilla, and of course you expect that in a season opener against an FCS team. Like Washington never really took any deep shots on them. Uh, it was all just short passes, trying to get the run game going, just very straightforward stuff. But even with that caveat, I mean, Montana's defense was, yeah, I mean, it looked like the, the apex form of this defense. It's so um, funny, too, because football has, has reached this level of consumption and attention in America where even some the, the quote-unquote common fan is, is getting in a little bit to the schemes and what's, what's the identity of teams and stuff like that. What are these guys running? And uh, the two things that have happened in college football that I find fascinating that the public has not quite caught up on are, one, everybody runs everything now. Even Montana State the last couple of years has been this quote-unquote ground-and-pound team. Well, they don't line up under center. They don't run an eye formation. They don't ever run any of the stuff. They're running the spread. They're running pre-snap motion all over the place. It's just the they're running gap scheme up front. So uh, everybody runs elements of everything uh, because you can, because the film is just so out there. But I think that there's this perception that it's so complicated. It's not. It's really diverse, but the actual goal of every college football offense is Simple. Get a guy in space, especially a guy with a weakness in space, and make him miss. It, the whole element of college coaching now is to make kids make mistakes. That's what it is. You want a guy to make a mistake. That's where I think Montana is absolutely elite. I'm talking elite on the level of all college football teams in America. They're open field tackling. Why do they open field tackle so well? Because they put such a high priority on it. You went to practice a bunch the last month. That element translated beautifully for Montana on Saturday. Yeah, no missed tackles, and because they're always swarming to the ball, which is the other huge thing that they just emphasize, emphasize, emphasize at practice. Even if you do, I mean, if you get a hand on a guy, slow him up, you got people coming in behind you. Yeah, I mean, the run to the ball priority is just so profound. I remember I was talking to Kent Bear after practice one day, Montana's defensive coordinator. And he has what you call loafs. And every time he sees a loaf on film, then the next day you got to run. And he was telling me that when they first got to Montana before the 2018 season, this team would get like three dozen loafs every practice. Well, now it's a, it's a pretty rare occasion if they get one a week because everybody knows. But um, on that element, though, how much do you think just the offseason and, and the fact that they had this elongated break just contributed to uh, the physical conditioning, the hunger, all of it of this team? A lot. I think especially, like you said, just the, the physical part of it. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Even from watching the first fall practice, I mean, you look at some of these guys, you just, just look at them walking on the practice field or walking into the stadium, whatever. They look different, changed, right? And I think that was a, that's a huge part of the open field tackling thing, too. I mean, you can want to do it all you want. You can want to get to the ball all you want. You've got to be able to, to physically match up with these guys. And like we saw with you know, Patrick O'Connell dragging Dylan Morris down like a D1 quarterback, just chasing him down, chasing him out of the pocket. He's not getting away. I mean, Montana has those guys now. No question. ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Andrew Houghton joining us here on uh, 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana Television. About 15 minutes out from Todd Stepsis. He's the head coach for the Drake Bulldogs. They make their way to Bozeman for the Gold Rush game on Saturday. Also, hoping to catch up with Ryan Elliott, the head coach for Western Illinois, uh, sometime later on this week, as well as Western Illinois makes their way uh, to Missoula for 
opening night game, dual non-conference night games. This is the first time in my career I can remember this where both squads were opening up at home the same Saturday under the lights. So With beer now, too. With beer now, too. Yeah. Uh, prayers to the uh, security people, <laughs> man. I, I, uh, Missoula's going to be wild on Saturday night, I tell you that. I hope they uh, have about double the security. But hopefully everybody just keeps it between the ditches. You know, be happy, have a good time. No no fighting or anything like that. Let's just uh, let's keep it on the straight and narrow and uh, enjoy yourself. But also don't waste too much time in the beer garden because the whole point of college football is to watch the game. I, I have to remind particularly Grizz fans this often. Uh, but both Bobcat and Grizz fans, a little guilty. Third quarter is a little sparse sometimes. But uh, maybe not as many people will leave if they can just go get a beer right out back to the south end zone. So that'll be fun. Um, but, Andrew, the... Montana's 13-7 win over Seattle sent shockwaves across the country. Certainly an awesome victory for Montana. But it was not a perfect victory. They were really good defensively, and I thought they got stronger as the game went along. You can tell their level of physical conditioning is at an all-time high. That said, there was some stuff that I think that they could look at uh, to clean up and, and that they're going to put a priority on trying to improve. But in your mind, what are those things? What do you think Montana could do better? For the defense in specific? Or, or just, just either way. I mean, I think the defense played about as good as you could play. But I think that, uh, you know, there was a there was a kick return in the third quarter where you could tell they had it dialed up and they didn't quite block it right. Yeah. Um, you know, it took Cam Humphrey a while to settle in at quarterback. I think just the offensive consistency yeah. early, right? Because they were – and I don't know why this is. I mean, a lot of times you'd look at a matchup like that and you'd think, well, okay, he's just going to be under pressure all day. They're going to have to grind stuff out. But I don't think it was that because, you know, Humphrey was good back there. The offensive line looked pretty good from the start, whether it was just nerves or, you know, having to get into the flow of the game. I think that, yeah, I mean, he started something like 4 of 13 passing, right, just in the first half. And the run game, aside from the one Xavier Harris run on the first drive, Took a little while to get going, too. I think that uh, also Sammy and Kim, I mean, he was getting matched up against one, if not two, Washington corners. They're going to be probably top 150 draft picks. I mean, you know, within the, in the first four or five rounds of the NFL draft. And they knew that number 18 was going to be the guy for Montana, so they definitely shadowed him quite a bit. They gave some more opportunities, guys like Mitch Roberts and Gabe Solser. Uh, but I do think that, well, first of all, a Kim's going to have such a bigger physical mismatch when he gets into playing FCS teams. Um, but I do think they need to get him a little bit more involved because not only is he one of the most talented players on the team, but he's also sort of one of those emotional leaders. He's a guy when he gets a first down, he gets everybody going. And I think he's a guy, especially the skill players on offense, they all kind of turn to for energy as well. That's a great point. I kind of like the fact that they didn't force it to a chem early because, you know, it's a great point. He's a guy that you want to get going because he can fire people up, get that momentum going. But also, I mean, especially with Washington knowing so much that, you know, he's the guy, right? Um, it shows that you have trust in your other receivers. When you're not forcing it to him, you're saying, okay, he's being covered by Trent McDuffie. If the read isn't there, we'll get it to somebody else. Do you want your sports news, commentary, and features from a corporate publication? Would you like to hear it from local experts who have lived in your community their entire lives? At Skyline Sports, Coulter and Brooks Nuanas bring more than two decades of experience to give you old-school journalism with a new-age presentation at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Nuanas brothers provide knowledge from a family who lives Big Sky Conference athletics every day. For $8 a month or 90 bucks a year, get access to comprehensive college grizz and bobcat coverage at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every Every day, every season.
with Jeffrey Manning on the Montana State campus. And Jeffrey, first and foremost, let's start with you getting into an actual game. You came to Montana State, what, January of 2020? So this must have been like the longest wait of your life. Uh, it, um, what's crazy is I was talking to my dad the other day. It just felt good to, like you said, be, get in here last January, finally getting out there with the guys, being able to run around. It felt good. Physically, you guys all look so good. You think that's a product of getting a chance to just lift and train for a couple years and not actually have to play a football game? I would for sure credit it to that year we had off. We were just constantly grinding, working, working. And I, uh, like you said, it, it shows Saturday, I would say. Coach Vegan always talks about knowing exactly what you're doing and then playing as fast as you can. You guys played fast, fast defensively. So uh, how do you go about that, though? How do you go about playing so fast like you guys were able to on Saturday? I think that ultimately comes down to our preparation. I would say we had the fall camp, we had the year, so we was constantly just working. And then the last couple of weeks, we just really focused and dialed into what we had to try to accomplish on Saturday. We just fell short, but I would say our preparation was shown. How do you guys digest Saturday? 19-19-16 lost by the Bobcats to Wyoming in Laramie. You guys controlled the game, man. I mean, you guys, it seemed like you guys were the better team. A disappointing way for you guys to lose for sure. But how do you sort of balance the fact that you guys went toe-to-toe with a tough Mountain West squad, but also probably disappointed to lose? Um, It ultimately hurts to fall short, but I would say that just comes down to putting all three phases of the game together. And I would say we showed glimpses of it here and there, but I feel like when we put it all together, we'll be a force to be reckoned with. What did you think of the performance of your front seven? It seemed like the, especially the D-line was causing a lot of havoc. Uh, what's crazy is that was actually my thought just watching the game For film. Sure. I would say the front seven ultimately dominated up front, showed their physicality, showed how dominant they can be, and I feel like I just love playing behind them. Wyoming came in that thing with a, a highly touted offensive line, and, and the center was a potential All-American, but number 41 for you guys, Chase Benson, had his way. I mean, how, what about Chase, though? Because you played at a high level in the Pac-12, but it seems like Chase could probably play anywhere because, yeah, he's pretty tough. Oh, my gosh. So what's crazy, since I've gotten on campus and just working, being around Chase, it's just his work ethic is just second to none. It's just he's a he's a beast, to say the least. One of the strongest guys on the team, too, right? Oh, my God. It's, I wouldn't say it's close. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's close. <laughs> Turning the page now. I mean, college football, it's up next. Can't dwell on the pre- the previous result no matter how well or how bad it goes. So uh, what do you think of, of this upcoming game? And you got to be excited yourself personally to be playing your first home game in Bozeman. Uh, so I've heard the hype around Gold Rush. Finally getting out here, I'm just really excited to showcase not only myself, but the whole team in front of the Bobcat fans. So I'm really looking forward to that. Any insight on Drake? You guys probably haven't really looked at him yet, huh? Uh, we haven't really. We're really just still finally digesting the Wyoming game. So we're probably just going to... I want to say we get a look at the film today and just start our preparation. It's Jeffrey Manning, junior safety for the Montana State Bobcats here on New Eyes Now. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. Thank you. First of all, say it's in the defensive effort against Wyoming. You guys played so fast. Coach talked about that for like a month. Know what you're doing and play as fast as you can. How do you actually go about doing it, though? Um, you know, just getting in the game, just not thinking. Just trusting that coaching, all those reps for – 20 months, you know, just banking on those, just playing excited, playing with great effort, um, flying around to the ball, just, yeah, just trusting the coaching. They had us prepared, really dialed on what they were going to do. Obviously, the new OC, they threw some new things at us, but just trusting your instincts, trusting your, your football IQ and just playing fast and just having fun out there really is all it was. That 20 months, like you talk about, how much did you guys improve just in certain areas like conditioning, strength, you know, the details of the game basically? Uh, I mean, the strength and conditioning was huge. You know, Sean's been doing a great job. Um, I think you could see guys were flying to the ball. There was nobody, you know, loafing, not running to the ball. So I think that was a big thing. That was good to see. 
Yeah, just fine-tuning our body, working on, you know, different techniques and fundamentals, and I think that showed up a lot. In the first game, I was pretty surprised. You know, tackling is usually pretty poor, but I thought we tackled well as a whole. So, you know, I thought we were ready, thought we came in with the right mindset, just wasn't able to finish it, so... You probably expected to rotate in a little bit with Troy and Callahan, but then Troy's, you know, he's kind of in and out, but you seem to answer the call pretty well. So when you first go out there, what's going through your mind and how are you able to sort of rise to the occasion? Uh, you know, I just, going into the game, I just wanted to be ready. I knew, obviously, wasn't starting, but I knew I was going to get some time. I just wanted to be ready from my first play in, not have, you know, a drive to get settled in. Just wanted to be able to get in there and not have a step down from them, you know, I'm going in there and need to just keep that level of play that they bring to the table. They're obviously both great players, so just trying to rise up to their level and, and keep that going when I get there. Don't let anything, you know, fall back. So just, just trying to focus on that and just playing fast again. The, the Grizz kind of have a, a lot of Montana linebackers. There was a story about that. Obviously, you guys, the, the three that mainly played are, are Montanans. Um, how much pride do you take in that? Um, a lot. That's a big thing here. I think we like to pride ourselves on is linebackers are a tough group. You know, they're leaders of the defense. They're the glue. They got to bring the front guys together with the back end. So being leaders out there and then, you know, being leaders on the team and bringing that Montana aspect to the team and making sure everybody understands how important the state is. I think that's a big thing. And just being Montana tough, being those kind of kids that are in there getting dirty every play and just making sure that we're representing Montana the right way. What did you think of Troy in his first game back? Oh, man, he flew around. Um, first time, obviously, playing inside backer, but he, yeah, he's amazing. Just finds the ball. You know, sometimes things were a little new for him, but you can tell it's just, you know, like Coach likes to say, check whoop ass and just go make a play. Just <laughs> not sure what you're supposed to do. Just go hit somebody. And, you know, he did that a lot, and he hit some people pretty hard. So, yeah, it's great sitting behind him, getting to learn from him, you know, see how he goes about his business. It's it's really an honor and trying to learn as much as I can from him. What are you most looking forward to? Gold Rush being back at Bobcat Stadium for the first time in almost two years. Uh, I'm just excited. Those fans are going to come out and see us. And I know they've been waiting. And I know we're all ready to put on a show for them. You know, it's it's a Bobcat faithful right there. That's, you know, a big part of why we all come here and play is because of those guys. And just excited to put our product out on the field for them to see and, you know, get that energy going back on campus and the city and in the whole state, really. How'd you react to uh, the Grizz's upset? Uh, you know, it's cool to see. I think it's good for the conference. Um, you got some friends over there, you know, not friends during the season, but, you know, I know them. So, yeah, good for the conference, good for the SCS, and just going to make it that much sweeter, and we beat them in November. So, Did you uh, did you hear from those friends? Um, I don't really talk to them as much during the season, but, you know, after the season we'll reminisce about it. I'll dive into it with them and see what they have to say. I'm sure it was a cool experience. Yeah, I mean, you obviously have a, a very, you know, Montana connection to all of this. Um, does, so does that, does that well, especially with you almost being an FBS team as well, does, did, it, did it hurt at all? Was it, was it tough, or, or do you just kind of focus on how close you guys were? Um, yeah, it's tough. We definitely didn't go in there for any moral victories. We wanted to win the game, so at the end of the day, we didn't get the job done. But, you know, we played well, competed well, I think. Played, played them a lot tougher than a lot of people were expecting, and, you know, that's good and all. We can take pride in the way we played, but didn't finish the way we wanted. So a lot of things we can get better at and a lot of stuff on tape that we can learn from. So, you know, there's good and bad. Um, obviously, yeah, I wanted to win, not how we wanted it to go, but proud of how we played. Yeah, do you guys take pride in, in seeing, being able to play with FBS and also seeing other teams in the conference do, do the same thing in the first week? Yeah, absolutely. I think 
this week, obviously, a lot of those FCS teams were rose up to the occasion. I think people are starting to take notice that there's some good football being played down here. There's some good players. That competition doesn't fall off like a lot of people might think it does. You know, there's talent everywhere across the country. So, yeah, it's good to see. I think it's really great for the whole conference and this whole division right here. So, how, how important were those defensive linemen to, to having such a good performance? Oh, my gosh. Chase Benson is a freak, man. He's. <laughs> When he takes up two blockers, it makes our life a whole lot easier for sure. And then sometimes he takes up three. Sometimes he just slips them all and makes a play. And then obviously, uh, Mondre and, Ch- and Mondre and Hardy on the edge, just getting after the quarterback, keeping him contained, setting good edges, allowing us to run inside out to the ball and just fly around. Yeah, without them, we would really be nothing at the linebacker room. So yeah, all the props to them. They, they bust their butts, and it showed up for sure. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. And you're obviously rotating in, and, and that the defensive line had another seven or so uh, uh, subs in. Um, that's something Freddie and Vegan talked about a lot of, of, of rotating guys in. And how, how important do you think that was to be able to play so well for the whole game with the freshness there? Oh, yeah, it's a, a big deal. Um, a good sign of great defense is the depth, like being able to put the next guys up and not having that fall off, not having the execution, take a step back and being able to put guys in and just keep playing and keep executing well. So, yeah, especially with a guy like Troy and like Chase, who, you know, have played a lot, taken a lot of hits, a little banged up here and there, being able to have someone come in, spot them a few plays, let them, you know, get their legs back under them and then go back out there and dominate just like they do is huge, obviously. And then, being able to keep them fresh for when the fourth quarter rolls around so that they can be at their best then, too, is a big part of it. Specifically, what do you think of Daniel making that transition from outside linebacker, but then also you know, being a real threat now, especially as a pass rusher? Yeah, he's, he's a freak, man. Uh, I think the thing to me is just his physical transformation from the last time we were on the field. He's always been you know, a great athlete, a well-built kid, fast, can run, can jump all that but he just put on 20 30 pounds of straight muscle and you can you can see it just looking at him just the dedication he put in in the off season into his body and to learning football you know he hasn't been playing super long and just the time he spent with coaches in the film room diving into film really learning the x and o's and offense or offense and defense really just you can tell how much different he looks and plays plays a lot faster he kind of took the thinking out of it that's kind of the thing I think he struggled with early on was just overthinking, and now you can see he just plays fast, and he is, he's a force to be reckoned with for sure. He's going to be huge for us this year. What do you think of safeties? It seems like uh, Okada's versatility makes it so that Trey can get on the field, and all of a sudden you got three guys back there. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Obviously, they've all got experience, whether here or, you know, Trey coming from San Jose and uh, Jeff coming from Oregon State, I think. They stepped up big time. They tackled really well, I thought. You know, coming from that free safety spot, coming down, making some of those open field tackles, those aren't easy tackles. And more often than not, Jeff was making them, you know, grabbing feet, getting guys on the ground. That's all that matters. So, yeah, I think they got good leadership in there, too. They're all older guys, and I think they own their role and they know their spot on the team. And 
helping bring along a lot of those younger DBs. We got a lot of talent in there, but just need to get them some more experience and time. And I think those guys are doing a great job of bringing them along with them. You guys were thinking about that opener against Wyoming for, I don't know, probably since Vegan got hired nine months now. It's a one-week transition. So what's the turnaround like? And, you know, is there sort of a benefit to the fact that it is, it is only a week, everybody only has a week to get ready now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just kind of 24-hour rule, whether it's a win or loss. You know, you got 24 hours uh, after the loss, of course, lick your wounds and get over it. Or if it's a win, celebrate 24 hours, move on to the next one. So, yeah, a little more sense of urgency with the shorter time. Really just got to take that much more time to dive into the film and the team and the personnel they got uh, and start studying up more. So, yeah, it's, it's a little different, definitely. Just, just the sense of urgency just raises that much more. How, how tough was it to see Kyle go down? Oh, that, that's tough, man. Uh, he's a good buddy. He's a great player, great teammate. Um, he's been waiting his turn. You know, he's been behind a lot of good D linemen, and he's poised for a big year. And tough to see anybody, no matter you know who it is, go down. But just the way he's battled and really been waiting for his turn, and just kept working hard. And it's time finally here for him to get to dominate and do his thing. And just a bummer. Yeah, really sad for him. Mentioned Jeff, what stands out to you about him as a player on the field, but also the teammate? Um, on the field, as a player, just he's fast, man. He takes good angles. He's open field tackler. Like I said, those are tough tackles coming from 20 yards behind the line, and having to fly up there and make a tackle on a good running back in open space. And he was consistently making those plays. So that's you know one of the things that stood out to me. Just as a teammate, he's just. Got a great attitude, always positive, always upbeat, brings energy to practice, to the weight room, to the to the watching film, all that. So, yeah, he's been a great addition to the team. Did you uh, get to see that senior game much? Were you able to... uh, I didn't get to watch. I saw the final score, kind of me and some of the other Bengal guys on the team were, you know, kind of talking a little crap about it. But, yeah, sad to see the outcome, but my boys will bounce back. I know that. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. We keep coming at you with new segments from each and every angle of sports around the state of Montana. I'm happy now to introduce another fun segment. It's the Montana State Minute with Alex Eshelman. And it's a little bit of an arbitrary name because we're not going to just take one minute. We are going to take several minutes, if not quite a few minutes, to talk all things Montana State football and also probably get a little update on all the sports in southwest Montana. Alex is a reporter for SWX, our great partners here, ABC Fox Montana Television, as well as SWX Montana, bringing you Nuanas now around the state of Montana. 
Carolina each and every weekday. And Alex, uh, first of all, let's start with you. You've been in Bozeman now for a little while, but I know that uh, the big allure of that job is covering Bobcat sports, particularly Bobcat football, and you've had to wait a little while uh, to do that. But just tell people kind of about your background. What brought you to Bozeman? Where are you from? All that sort of stuff. Well, first of all, Coulter, thank you so much for having me. It's such a privilege to be on your show. Uh, you obviously do wonderful work, and I love following what you do and hearing your insight. Um, but just a little bit about me. So I grew up in uh, a town outside of Sacramento called El Dorado Hills, California, um, and was cheerleading obsessed all the way until my senior year of college at, at the University of Arizona. I was fortunate enough to cheer there and that kind of um, was a segue into what I do now which is sports reporting I love being on the sideline I love everything from the fans in the stands to what's going on in the game to what people are getting at the concession stands and um, it's it's just the best as you know so I felt like sports reporting was kind of a perfect segue into uh, continuing to be able to connect the people on the field with the fans and uh yeah so now i'm in bozeman of course i've been here for a little bit over a year and finally covering bobcat football in person it's been a little while but we're back and thank goodness for that. I want to ask you about the, the cheerleading and sideline aspect of it, though, because it seems like uh, you actually have a phenomenal view of the game when you're on the sidelines uh, as a, on, on the cheer squad. So uh, that probably taught you sort of the, the ins and outs of, of watching live sports, particularly football, right? Definitely, definitely. And it's really interesting, Coulter, because in a way you have a, a great view of the game because you get all the sights and sounds right there that – people back in the stands a little ways aren't going to be able to experience, which is what is, of course, what sports reporting is. That's what you do on the sideline. You're conveying that to you and the people up in the media booth as to those things that people can't really get firsthand. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I would say the, the people in the media booth and people maybe higher up in the stands get a, get a better view in terms of what's going on. But for sure, um, cheerleading gave me the insight that I needed to be a sideline reporter in the sense that, uh, you know, paying attention to all of those little things that people can't get sitting in the stands. It's Montana State Minute with Alex Esherman. She's a reporter at SWX Montana Television, our great TV partners, bringing you nuanas now around the great state of Montana on statewide television each and every weekday. And Alex, let's talk about uh, this last year or so covering MSU football because uh, interesting time to be sure. I know that uh, Jeff Choate and his potential departure and then ultimately his actual departure, it sent shockwaves across Montana. It was a huge storyline. And I know you got a chance to sort of be around Coach Choate but never actually watch him coach in games. Uh, but then Brent Vegan takes over. And so right. just take us through sort of that whole saga from your perspective because it's probably sort of interesting to get to learn to know a coach uh, like Choate but then have him kind of leave and now I have to acclimate to a new coaching staff. Totally, Coulter. And uh, I, I tell this story all the time. So a big reason why Bozen was intriguing to me, I actually had a good friend, Kevin Cassis, uh, who played, of course, for the Bobcats. Growing up, we went to high school together. He played for our high school team. And uh, all before I got to Bozeman, he spoke so much about how amazing Coach Cho was. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to really 
um, covered Coach Choate, of course. I didn't get to cover him in a normal season. But in the few Zoom calls that we're all on together, especially in that time of COVID and in those press conferences, I mean, he just captivates you instantly. He, I mean, his presence is so captivating. And I think that the Bobcat fans, I like to describe it as this. When Coach Cho finally decided uh, to make that move to Texas, it was like, the breakup that you go through where you think this person is like your one. This is for sure. Uh, you, the, yeah, this is, this is the one I, I want nobody else in this world, but this person, that's how Bobcat fans felt. And it took, it took months for people. I mean, even when coach vegan came in, it was, I think still to this day, people miss coach show and Mr. Our coach. Yeah. Miss coach show. Excuse me. But, um, you know, I think Vegan, he, he's very different from Coach Cho, but I think in all the right ways. I think he, he is who he is. He's so uh, detail-oriented. He's so observant. He, you can tell you automatically trust Coach Vegan in the way that he speaks and the way that he presents himself on the field. Not saying that you didn't feel that way with Coach Cho. They just have completely different personalities and coaching styles, uh, at least what we've all experienced. Um, but Vegan, I think, has definitely won over uh, Bobcat Nation so far. I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes uh, on throughout the season. And not to mention both of their families are amazing, too, just top-notch families, their kids, their wives, I mean, they're top-notch. No question. It was an interesting experience being down in Laramie, too, because I was talking to you guys, and then the media corps, a couple people that never really got a chance to cover Choate in a game perspective, and I was telling you guys, man, uh, you know, Choate was always going to be a good soundbite, but you never knew when he might just rip your head off, and uh, (laughs) vegan, you don't have to worry about that at all, because he is such a just a tempered and deliberate guy, and I do appreciate uh, that consistency. Alex Eshelman joining us here at our Montana State minute taking an inside look at the bobcat uh athletic department specifically right now because we're rolling on football season and alex i know you're on the sidelines uh, for the game in laramie wyoming uh as montana state fell 1916 to the wyoming cowboys some impressions from the sidelines what sort of things did you hear and see what did you think of the atmosphere and what was your overall take on the game oh my gosh Folter. well let me just start off by saying that I was tearing up a little bit just standing there on the sidelines, being able to watch Montana State. Of course, this was my first season covering these guys, but to know what they've gone through this past season, and even even Wyoming, I mean, all of these teams have been working and waiting so patiently. And it, it was so amazing to see not only the team finally get to play, but in a packed stadium, um, and and I, I have to give credit to Wyoming. They did a great job. I mean, that was a fun game day atmosphere. They were playing classic rock. They had uh, – it was just felt very fitting to Wyoming. It was a classic, like, cowboy type of, you know, old wild, wild west type of feeling. Um and it was loud and aggressive. And, I mean, it was a perfect opener to finally having football again, you know, as normal as we can have it at this point. Um, and from the game perspective, I think 
I think Coach Vegan, truly, I don't think this could have been other than winning the game, of course, but this was a perfect opener for him as a head coach. Obviously, it was a little emotional for him. I mean, you were there. He was talking about how weird it was making that drive from Cheyenne, where we all stayed uh, the night before, to to Laramie and how many times he's done that drive and the coaches on the other sideline are like, you know, brothers to him, players like sons. It was an emotional outing for him, but uh, he followed that up with saying, I'm a Bobcat now and these are my guys. And it was cool. I, I don't know if that, that season opener could have been much better. What do you think? Well, I think that, uh, honestly, Montana State was the decided uh, better team, which I thought was a little bit surprising at first, but it was proved over and over again uh, throughout the game. I think that when you get in those mm-hmm. FBS games, the two things that you really worry about are, one, the depth of the FBS team against the FCS squad, and two, the line of scrimmage, the way that uh, the FBS teams usually can dominate the line of scrimmage, especially late in the game. But I thought Montana State absolutely sure. proved the notion that they have a couple of the top fronts and not only the Big Sky Conference, but the FCS. I think that they'll be able to dominate the line of scrimmage against pretty much everybody they play this year because they dominated the line of scrimmage against Wyoming. And I also think that it's probably, you know, internally you could look at it like, okay, a narrow loss with FBS squad, good start to the year, but I think that they let some things get away. I think if they play a clean game, you know, you don't have a hold on Willie Patterson's punt return mm-hmm. for a touchdown, or you don't have a couple penalties down in the red zone that allow Wyoming to get their first touchdown, or you don't have a broken coverage late in the fourth quarter that kind of helps Wyoming score their go-ahead score. Uh, all those things, you clean those up. I mean, I know it's what it could should have and probably the the one thing I actually haven't touched on on this show yet so thank you for for leading me to this but uh, I thought that the the backside counterplay that Montana State ran to Isaiah Fonse after they had run frontside counter multiple mm-hmm. times and Afonso, the mm-hmm. turf monster came up and bit him and he slipped and fell on the field that was dialed that play was perfect within the script and if he didn't fall i think he scores i think montana state wins that game so that's probably the the most undertold part of the mistakes but i do think that if you're the bobcats you can't take some positivity because you went blow for blow with a tough mountain west squad but i think these guys are disappointed because i think they knew that they were the better team and they they let one slip away yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I definitely think they're disappointed, but I also think that's a little more fuel to the fire um, for, you know, not only the 14th annual gold rush coming up here this weekend, but also just moving into the rest of the season. And I think, like you said, little things that just need to be cleaned up. These guys can't beat themselves. And I think those are things that you can easily correct and build off from. Um, and, you know, it was ex- there were so many guys that were fun to watch in this game. I was so happy for Lance McCutcheon finally having a, having a really great game. I hope he continues to do that throughout the rest of the season and be a leader for that wide receiver group. I thought it was really interesting to see Matthew McKay make his, his uh, starting debut as a quarterback. Definitely think there are some things that he can improve from there. Um, seeing Troy Anderson back on the field, 11 tackles for him, one pass breakup. Like it, it was it was fun to see uh, some of the stars of the show develop. And Justice Perkins up at center, too. I mean, start freshman, won that job in fall camp, comes from a Bobcat family, uh, comes from Bozeman High School. I mean, so many great storylines to this program. 
No question. It is cool, too, for the Bobcat faithful, particularly those that are close to or in Bozeman, because you mentioned Justice Perkins from Bozeman High, Lance McCutcheon from Bozeman High, Callahan O'Reilly, starting inside linebacker, mm-hmm. played great at a Bozeman right. High, too. So uh, great local products playing for the Bobcats, and those are always uh, fun stories to watch. It's the Montana State Minute with Alex Eshelman. We'll do this uh, weekly here during football season here on Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Alex is the Bozeman reporter for ABC Fox Montana and subsequently SWX as well. SWX will have all your action on Saturday night against Drake, the Gold Rush game. And uh, Alex, we'll get you out of here on that. Your thoughts and uh, anticipation for this Gold Rush because, uh, you know, you kind of started off by talking about how much you love just the atmosphere and observing people in the crowd and all that. And you're about to see one of the wilder crowds you're going to see anywhere in the country Saturday night in Bozeman, Montana. So uh, your thoughts on your first Gold Rush game? Oh, gosh, Colter, you just put a smile on my face describing that. Um, and I, I'm so – I can't even begin to describe my excitement for the Gold Rush game. I mean, I asked all of the players in their media day before fall camp started, what are you most excited about? Other than going to play, of course, being back in Bobcat Stadium, what are you most excited about? And almost every single one of them brought up Gold Rush. They all said there is nothing like that sea of yellow and sea of gold in Bobcat Stadium, sold out crowd, first game of the home opener of the season, uh, and having um, everything back. I mean, just having everything back. They said, Daniel Hardy, I think, he said, I would put Gold Rush up against any home opener in the country. I truly, truly would. Um, I couldn't be more excited, and I think that it, it, Montana State's going to be a force to be reckoned with in this game. I think, like you said, they're they're really frustrated that they didn't get that first win, and I don't think that uh, they're going to let this one slip away. So much to talk about, and I did want to get into the high school stuff with you, but we're out of time for today, but that's okay. We'll continue to circle back around, and we'll get all the best when it comes to insight into Southwest Montana sports, including, and particularly, when it comes to the Montana State Bobcats. She's Alex Eshelman, joining us weekly here on Nuanas Now for our Montana State Minute. Alex, we appreciate the time this week. I hope you have the best time on Saturday night, and I can't wait to see you again at Bobcat Stadium. But in the meantime, be well. Thank you, Coulter. Appreciate it. Excited to be on here every week. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season.